You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, kicking off a week's worth of podcasts, and we're doing it while we're in a good mood after the Pelicans grab a win over the Golden State Warriors last night. We'll recap that in the second segment of today's show. First segment, going to be spent on the loss, unfortunately, on Saturday to the Miami Heat, looking at all the injuries the Pelicans are dealing with. But there's also some good stuff to kind of come out of all of this, some themes between the two games. We'll talk about all of those in the third segment of today's show. So jam-packed episode of today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So Saturday, the Pelicans traveled to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat, ultimately falling 109-94 in this one, dropping their record to 3-9 on the season. This one was close for a little bit. At one point, it was tied up at 61 in the third quarter, but the Miami Heat then went on a 9-0 run and basically just buried the Pelicans there. After that run, they were just unable to keep up and stay in this one. Uh, They finished that quarter scoring just 16 points on the night. That's going to happen when you have a number of guys out for the team. Brandon Ingram did not play in this one. Josh Hart did not play. J.J. Redick did not play. Lonzo Ball did not play. You only got five minutes from Frank Jackson, who went out injured. Same with Derek Favors, who only played eight minutes in this. Basically, the Pelicans injury report jumped from seven to nine during the course of the game. That is a lot of players out, leaving the Pelicans very shorthanded. They ended up calling up two-way guys, Josh Gray and Zylan Cheatham, to to kind of give some much-needed minutes, both of them in their debuts playing double-digit minutes. It's a lot for a guy on a two-way contract all of a sudden thrust into some action that they weren't expecting. Let's take a quick look at the numbers here. Each one more in the starting lineup. 18 points on the night, 2 of 6 from deep, but 7 of 19 from the field overall. Not a great performance for him. Not a great performance really for anyone other than one or two guys on the team that we'll touch on in a moment here. Kenrich Williams, 7 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. He's just his usual Kenrich Williams self. You have to like what you see out of him. Derek Favors in 8 minutes of action, Two points. Frank Jackson, five minutes of action again, leaving early due to injury. Zero points on the night. Drew Holiday struggled to regain that shooting form that he had against the Los Angeles Clippers. 5 of 12 from the field, though 4 of 5 from deep. The drives just weren't there in fallen form. 14 points on the night, 4 assists, 2 rebounds, and 6 turnovers. You can live with the high turnovers from Drew Holiday if he's giving you the scoring and everything else like he did against the Los Angeles Clippers. He had 6 or 7 in that game, and it was okay because he might need to turn the ball over a couple of times to really kind of get going or to get into a rhythm and to get into the game. But he's giving you just 14, only making five shots, having six turnovers, a little rough. Nicolo Melli off the bench getting significant run. I don't know if he's out of the doghouse. He might have gotten out of the doghouse in the Warriors game, which we'll talk about coming up. He played almost 28 minutes. That might be more due to the fact that, well, 
they had no one else available to the team in this one. He finished the night with 10 points, going three of seven from deep, also chipping in five rebounds, three assists, and three steals. Pretty nice night for him overall. Jackson Hayes was a highlight in this one. We're going to get to the four rookies who played in this game. 12 points on the night for him. He was perfect from the field, six of six. Three rebounds as well. You saw him get some good minutes against the Los Angeles Clippers, showing some good positional awareness of where to be offensively. And it continued in this game. The offensive game... I don't want to say it's there. It still needs to be refined. He still needs to get a jumper. He needs to kind of time his rim runs a little bit better and to be a little bit more effective in the pick and roll, though he sets pretty good screens, actually, if you really watch him. But he looks good offensively, better than I would have thought he would be um, so far. And to go 6-6 six six from the field, not bad at all. Nikhil Alexander-Walker stole the show in this one off the bench, really pressed into action with Drew Holiday struggling no Frank Jackson out there basically being the other guard that could play significant minutes. He played over 30 in this one, finished with a team-high 27 points on the night, four rebounds, three assists. He was 10 of 18 from the field, six of nine from deep, one of two from the line. We're going to touch on more from him in the third segment because he had a pretty good game against the Golden State Warriors as well. Josh Gray, Island Cheatham also got in on the action, each scoring two points, not a whole lot there from them. The Pelicans were basically just outgunned in this one. They didn't have the manpower to really keep up with the Miami Heat, who got great performances from uh, Kendrick Nunn, their phenomenal rookie scoring-wise, 22 points from him. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, sorry, finished with 16 points on the night, 13 assists, really moving the ball around. And Bam Adebayo finished with 18 points, 14 rebounds. On a very shorthanded Pelicans team, that's enough to bury you. And it was. When the offense really didn't get going in the third quarter, they were just done. It was at that point too much to make up for him, even though you got a standout performance from a guy like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Good minutes from Jackson Hayes as well. It's just you don't have the horses sometimes, and it was as simple as that in this game. But you saw some good development from the guys. You saw some good rookie performances, and that's what you'd like to see. Weird stat in this one, though. The Miami Heat only had six total fouls called against them on the night. Just one foul called against the Miami Heat in the first half of the game. Look, I don't think that really would have changed the complexion of this one if there were more whistles. It's just a little weird. I was chatting with Joel Myers before the game against the Warriors. He made a joke saying that looked like a young referee crew that maybe had some plans on a Saturday night in South Beach. They didn't want to call many fouls to get the hell out of that game and get on with their night. Well, you see six for a team, which is like a number that's almost unheard of. Just one in 24 minutes in the first half. I mean, come on, is pretty insane. The Pelicans went to the free throw line a total of six times in this game. That's... Not a lot at all. I, again, don't know what to make of it. You did see some drives from Nikhil Alexander-Walker from Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday never gets any calls or contact, really. Um, so it's not a huge surprise. But, man, it's a low number. It's a little, little weird. You'd like to see that kind of be a little bit more evened out. The Pelicans had 16 called against them. But overall, they, this one just kind of felt like a loss from the opening tip and seeing the guys that weren't out there on the court for the Pelicans. 
So while that game ended in defeat for New Orleans, they picked up just their fourth win of the season. The next night, second night of a back-to-back against the equally shorthanded Golden State Warriors. We'll cover that one coming up here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. Here Monday through Friday for you, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. No one else doing that out there. Subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. Leave a five-star review when you get a chance with a comment. It helps keep this free and five days a week for you all. Again, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Sunday night, the Pelicans entered the game against the Golden State Warriors with a mindset that, I, you know, I don't know if you want to call this a must-win game. Todd Graffinini, voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, radio voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, along with Daniel Salerson, kind of debated this after the game. But it really did feel like it, not just because you needed a win, certainly they need that, but it's that the Golden State Warriors were just as banged up, if not more so, than New Orleans is. No Steph Curry, no Klay Thompson, no Kevin Durant, who is not on the team simply anymore and now no D'Angelo Russell basically leaving a bunch of new guys to the team alongside Draymond Green that's not a team that should really beat you their defense has been historically bad this season they are just not good they're not making the playoffs and just what a fall from grace they have had again mainly due to injuries if Clay Thompson was healthy if Curry was healthy they're still a pretty complete team um, but defensively maybe not complete they wouldn't be good defensively but they're in a rough spot and this just it means New Orleans needed to beat the inferior opponent despite the injuries that they themselves are also having. And if you looked at the injury list for both of the teams going into this one, it was longer than a CVS receipt. Everyone was basically out. No J, or sorry, JJ Redick back into the starting lineup, but no Frank Jackson, no Derek Favors, no Brandon Ingram, no Lonzo Ball, no Josh Hart. We can keep going on and on and on. That's a lot of guys already that are out. No Jaleel Okafor, no you know um, Darius Miller, no uh, Zion Williamson. It's a lot of injuries that this team is dealing with. But guess what? They got the win. And again, not quite a must win, but you definitely wanted to get this one. The Pelicans prevail 108 to 100, a game where they led by as many as 17 points. But Golden State really kind of put it to New Orleans late in the game, making them sweat this one out far more so than they should have. New Orleans went, I think, six minutes in the fourth quarter without a made field goal, unable to just slam this door on a pretty pesky Golden State Warriors team. This is the first start of his career for Jackson Hayes. His dad was also in attendance alongside with his cousin as well, um, and a very good performance from him. 10 points on the night, 10 rebounds, 3 of 5 shooting, 4 of 6 from the line. He also also added in three blocks, including an absolute monster block where he sent the ball into maybe the eighth row of the stands when you're factoring in the courtside seats and then the huge gap between courtside and uh, the actual stands. It was a monster. Now, I I don't want to like crap on his block. Obviously, you'd like to keep that in bounds. So while it's a great play and it get people very excited in the Smoothie King Center and it's very demonstrative. Not quite the best type of block, but you know what? It was a block shot off of a blown offensive play that led to a fast break opportunity for the Miami Heat. 
So we are totally cool with him just swatting the hell out of that thing and spiking it basically like it was a volleyball. He was awesome in this one. The rebounding is kind of key. Ten boards for him where he struggled is a really nice thing to see. He fought better on that side. We'll look at his game more a little bit in the next segment where we kind of break down him and Nikhil Alexander-Walker um, a little bit more in depth. Each one more if we're keeping by the numbers here. Three of ten shooting. Again, not great. Two of five from deep. Ten points on the night. Kenrich Williams doing Kenrich Williams things. Five points, ten rebounds, four assists. Yep, that sounds about right. The 0 for 4 from 3, that's not great. But you know who kind of counterbalanced that? Was J.J. Redick back into the starting lineup. He was 8 of 16 from the field, 6 of 11 from deep. He had six threes. The Golden State Warriors had a total of seven. He almost equaled the Golden State number just by himself. Six of 11 from deep, 4-4 from the line, three rebounds, three assists, 26 points on the night. That's a team high in this one. Drew Holiday also in the backcourt, a little bit better in this game, 9 of 23 from the field, 0 for 5 from deep though, but eight rebounds, nine assists, just four turnovers, 22 points. Of those nine assists, I believe six or seven of them, I forget the exact number, went to J.J. Redick. He was finding J.J. wide open, getting him the ball, and he was knocking him down. You know what? That's important, even if he can't necessarily create for others a ton. The fact that he's able to do it for J.J. Redick, definitely a very good thing. Off the bench, Nikhil Alexander-Walker had another very good game for the rookie. Again, there's some struggles there, which we'll look at, but more positives than negatives. 19 points on the night, 7 of 18 shooting, 5 of 13 from deep. He took 13 threes by himself. J.J. Redick took 11. That's a lot of threes for two guys, hidden on almost 39% of those. Five rebounds, four assists, just one turnover. Defensively not great, fouled a good bit, but overall was pretty solid in this one. Nicolo Melli getting some more run again. I don't know if this was due to him being out of the doghouse or just due to the injuries out there that he had to play. But he made his shots. He was five of seven from deep in this one, chipping in five rebounds and three assists, 16 points for one of the other rookies on this New Orleans Pelicans team. He was good. This was not a pretty game by any stretch. You had Golden State who kind of went on a mini run there at times. Eric Pascal also put up 30 points on the night. Glenn Robinson, the third, 14. You had Kai Bauman, who? 19 points off the bench, but Draymond Green was largely quiet in this one. Seven points on two of 10 shooting. The Pelicans limited the damage. Only seven of 25 shooting from deep for the Golden State Warriors. New Orleans shot enough and better, and they won the game. They weren't as dominant as you would like to have seen against this really banged up and just straight up crappy Golden State Warriors team, but this Pelicans team's also banged up. And if we were going to say against the Miami Heat that, yeah, we kind of expected a loss, well, then maybe this game was a Supposed to be closer than we were expecting to. The Pelicans were favored by three and a half in it. Yeah, seems about right. I'll take an eight-point win, and however you get it, you get it, and that is the important thing. Defensively in this game, they looked better, I think, than they had in the past couple of games, and I thought they looked pretty decent the, against the Clippers, not so much against the Miami Heat. Um, but in this game, they were good, and it also helps that, well, you have just a bunch of people you've almost never heard of playing significant minutes for the Golden State Warriors. Not a pretty win, but a win nonetheless, and sometimes that is far, far more important. We'll just leave it at that. There's not a ton to read into this game. We'll take a look, though, coming up here in the next segment on Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes a little bit more in depth. 
But before we do that, today's show brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at MyBookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA and MyBookie will match 50% of your first deposit. That's free money. Are you listening on the go? If you can't visit MyBookie right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. So Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes had a couple of pretty good performances over the weekend, and that's what you want to see from these guys. Look, at times they have really, really struggled, both of them, defensively especially, but at times offensively as well. And that's not a knock on them. They're both rookies that we knew would take a little bit It's not a surprise that they're struggling. It's just kind of a fact. It doesn't mean they're going to be bad players, but this is what we expected, and it's entirely okay that they struggle. But they had pretty good performances and kind of makes you look at them a little bit different over these past two games. Nikhil Alexander-Walker in particular, this is a guy who was basically unable to finish inside in the paint and at the rim over the past couple of games, despite the fact that he's driving and attacking a lot, something the Pelicans do need. But at a certain point when you're not finishing there and it's resulting in a missed shot or a defensive rebound for the opponent or a turnover, it can actively hurt the team, even if you'll live with those mistakes as he learns and tries to get better. But over the weekend, he was good. Against the Miami Heat, he had three made buckets right at the rim, finishing around there in ways we hadn't really seen from him before. His outside shot, the three-point shot, hadn't really fallen a ton for him, but he got it going, hitting six in that game against the Miami Heat. That's a real big confidence booster for him and something that you would hope would be able to carry over. And that rim running, attacking style is an important thing because really no one else on New Orleans outside of Drew Holiday does this. He is by far the most aggressive guard that the team has, and they need guys to drive and attack and to kind of suck in defenders, whereas Lonzo Ball doesn't do it. Frank Jackson does it a little bit, um, but those guys aren't nearly as effective at it as it as Drew Holiday is. And when teams know you're not going to drive, it makes the defense much easier to defend. Well, with Nikhil Alexander-Walker trying to break down the defense, I think that's a real big thing. If you look at his game against the Golden State Warriors, where he took 11 threes in that one, again, majority of them above the break threes, which is totally okay, his shot chart gets even better. It was basically threes or at the rim. He hit one shot right around the free throw line, and that was it. That was the only other attempt that he took. It's a very clean and very efficient shot chart, and I think that's going to help him. You know, you might want him taking some of that mid-range jumpers, but if he can either take threes or attack the basket, that's where you want him living. He was able to do that. So his shot selection's getting better and improving on a game-to-game basis. I think that's a really big thing. Struggled more in the game against the Warriors to finish around the rim, and at times looks just like he is unable to do so. But again, he doesn't have full control over his body. He's not been an NBA player for more than 10 games now, 11 games now. Or Sorry, what, what are they up to? They're four in the 13 games. There we go. And it should come in time. But the fact that, again, he's willing to drive, he's willing to attack is a big thing. And the fact that he keeps making these threes, it's going to make that easier. You're going to see closeouts on him that are much harder, much quicker, or his man guarding him further out. If he can get by that, and we've seen the speed. It's pretty good, actually, for him. He should have room and space to be able to drive and attack. And all of a sudden, if his defender's behind him, you've got a mini fast break in the half court, which means someone's going to rotate over. And we've seen his passing ability with both the left and the right hand. 
someone's going to be open when he starts to drive and attack, particularly if he's making these three-pointers. That's going to make him very dangerous and a very key piece for the Pelicans off the bench. Jackson Hayes has looked pretty good too. His game's a little bit more raw than Nikhil's is, but you have to be impressed. I spoke about it in the Clippers game where he has kind of a feel for where he needs to be offensively, whether it's the dunker spot um, right on the left or right side of the basket, either being there for the dump off uh, pass from, say, Drew Holiday, who's driving and attacking, or Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's driving and attacking, um, or just kind of knowing where to go in the pick and roll. And his rolls aren't the best, but he can kind of make up for that with his just long arms. In the first quarter of the game against the Warriors, he and J.J. Redick ran a pick and roll where Redick tried to kind of thread a pass, and it wasn't a good pass. And it was probably out of reach and easily could have been a turnover for Jackson Hayes. But his long arms and like such, I don't know, skilled hands, good hands, soft hands, whatever you want to call his hands, wide receiver hands, were able to basically corral the ball with his fingertips. And he turned it into an and one opportunity uh, when he finished the rim, drew contact after kind of getting it. And then off balance, using his long arms to go off the glass, put it in, got fouled on it. I think he made the free throw there too for the three-point play. It was good. It was skillful, more skillful than we were kind of expecting from him. And maybe that's the work he's put in this summer, the minutes he's gotten throughout the season and not necessarily going right down to the G League. But he looks like an NBA player right now, and these are some valuable minutes he's earning. Defensively, not not great, um, to say the least. The fouls have kind of been an issue for him, out of position, just not being strong enough. But he's trying. And, you know, when you look at defense, a lot of it is, are you trying? And he really, really is. And I think that's a big thing. And because of his athleticism and his length, he's able to kind of make up for mistakes with it, with those kind of behind-the-person uh, blocks that he has, like the one he had in Golden State and the one he had against the Miami Heat. Those are all impressive things that he's able to do, which means maybe he can gamble a little bit more on defense too, um, which I think is a good thing. You're only going to learn by just going out and playing. And he's doing that right now. The rebounding in the Warriors game was kind of impressive because he's really struggled there, just getting moved around, sometimes manhandled by uh, bigger bigs and more you know aggressive bigs and veteran bigs. But he's trying, and you could see he's getting the timing down a little bit better. He's getting his positioning down a little bit better, meaning he's it's tougher for him to just get thrown around. So you're seeing both these guys kind of grow just a little bit, which I think is a big thing. So good performances from them over the weekend. Obviously need to work on defense a little bit more. But seeing Nikhil Alexander-Walker's shot uh, fall is a good thing, but the shot selection get better. And finishing around the rim when he had struggled with that at times I think is a big thing for his game he's going to be a very good player just seeing Jackson Hayes kind of impress a little bit too particularly with his first start of his career with his dad in town that's an awesome awesome story and he seemed very excited about it after the game so good for both of the rookies and I guess the other rookie Nicolo Melli really impressing in that Warriors game his three is falling that's good he's been in the doghouse his confidence hasn't been there happy to see that he's playing a little bit better and should be getting more minutes going forward so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave a five-star review. Helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.